0: This is the WorkSmart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 122, How to Be a Good Hypnosis Student. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Hey there, it's Jason Lynette welcoming you back to the program here. The Work Smart Hypnosis podcast, for those of you that might be new to this, is a series of conversations with fellow hypnotists. It's a mixture of business strategy, hypnosis technique, and we're going to go in a slightly different direction with the information here today, all about how do you actually become a good hypnosis student, and I'd give you the filter that really motivated this. Uh, first of all, here I am. I'm recording in July 2017, and we're going to arrange things so this actually launches just before August 2017. Because, well, we've got an international audience here, but here in the United States, the two major hypnosis conventions both happen in August. There's the NGH, National Guild of Hypnotists Convention in Marlborough, Massachusetts, and then a few weeks later, the HypnoThoughts Live Convention out in Las Vegas. and to rewind this story back from a personal side, years ago, I used to host an ongoing series of guest trainings and bring people into the Northern Virginia, Washington, D.C. area. And there was an interesting dynamic that here would be a moment where someone had done a two-day, a three-day advanced workshop, and the entire room is raving about the experience. And yet here's one or two people that are saying otherwise. Here's a moment where uh, I've attended a workshop at a convention and everybody is raving about the experience, yet maybe someone else or maybe even me, I was there going, this isn't quite what it could have been. Now, I give you that as a framework, and yes, I want you to understand before I launch into this content here, I've put together seven specific bullet points to uh, give you some advice and strategies on how to be a good hypnosis student. Uh, I would always fold in my own dark, wonderful sense of humor To point out that for any movie, any film that you think is absolutely hideous, you got to realize that there might be someone out there that that's their favorite movie. By the way, the best worst movie ever is called Tiptoes and it stars Matthew McConaughey. Look it up on your own time. Trust me on this one. You'll watch it with the filter of they really made that choice. That was really the best take. But anyway, back to hypnosis. So what would it be about it that helps one person see it from a different perspective? And to bring it into our hypnosis context, there is, of course, within the framework of working with a client, this little thing that we love to call the hypnosis pre-talk to condition the client for a more successful hypnotic experience And even so, sometimes we might be making use of an advanced strategy, and before we actually use the strategy, the pre-frame, you know, the mechanism that it's somewhere between a pre-talk and just a preamble, as it were. Uh, The classic one, for example, with the fast phobia cure. Uh, It only takes a moment to learn this fear, so it can take a moment to learn something else. That's my take on it. And then the second one being, here's a part of you that's working really hard to protect you and let's just give that part of you better information well what if there was a mechanism we could apply to ourselves as we're going into an educational experience and these seven points that i'm about to share with you are going to apply for a number of different scenarios even as simple as you're reading a book on hypnosis you know you're reading the book and what are the frameworks that you can apply to that application of just simply reading a book watching a video that's going to put you into a better frame of mind to integrate the information. Uh, again, it, right before the conventions, you're about to attend one of these events. And even if it's a workshop, even if it's a pre and post conference type experience, what are the frameworks you can apply to yourself to better Make use of the information you're about to learn. Talking to other hypnotists, I have to point out, I won't say the name, but I was around a well-known person in the profession who I overheard say, well, I've been doing it this way for 25 years, so there's no point in talking about another mechanism. Yeah, we got some issues with that. Or even personal coaching. Um, Thankfully, I haven't had this experience. I do quite a bit of private coaching, whether it's revitalizing your hypnosis technique, reigniting your hypnosis business. It's something that reach out to me if you're curious about that. Uh, But I can point back to years ago, someone who I worked with, that we crafted the most beautiful of marketing plans, and he didn't use it. Why? Well, that's not going to work where I live. So despite putting together the best information, and I got to say, I moved into that territory of marketing because the plan was ready and he refused to use it. So I had to put it to use. So it's a place where, again, this framework we can apply to ourselves So, I share Inside of Hypnotic Workers. It's my all-access pass digital library to my hypnosis training library. Learn more about that over at hypnoticworkers.com. You know, part of it was a restructuring of the information to hedge off some of these challenges. You know, so often in a digital product, for example, It's the time commitment. You know, they're looking at there's more than 70 hours inside of Hypnotic Workers right now. And it's a lot to watch in a linear format. And that's why inside of Hypnotic Workers, I rebuilt the educational experience to be that sort of choose your own adventure mechanism. So if you want to jump into changing some modalities in an NLP model, you can watch that right away. If you want to watch me actually work with real clients, you can jump into that right away and the information is all self-referential because you can say well this was this technique that's in that module so from the instructor side yes there's some things that i can do our community can do to better educate Uh, i'll give you one simple filter as you're training talk about what you are going to be teaching rather than what you're not going to be teaching it's a really small filter But especially if you're about to be going to some conventions with some newer speakers, uh, be on the lookout for that little framework. Talk about what you are going to present rather than what you're not going to present. But let's talk about being the student. So with that, let's jump right in. I'm going to give you seven specific bullet points. This is session number 122, How to Be a Good Hypnosis Student. Here we go, seven specific bullet points, some of them hypnotic in nature, how to be a good hypnosis student. Let's start off with number one, perhaps the most uh, tongue-in-cheek one of these, which is simply to be in a suggestible state. Thank you, Dave Ellman. Hypnosis is the bypassing of the critical factors of the mind and the automatic acceptance of selective thinking. So it's that place where we perhaps need to reframe hypnotic suggestibility. For some communities, for some people, suggestibility might be some sort of gullibility, which, of course, that's not the case. In recent years, there's been some threads I've put up online in terms of redefining it as receptivity, though I think we actually need to go one step further than that. One of the most trending topics in self-help and personal improvement is this framework of accelerated learning. And when you think about it, that's really what we're helping to facilitate with the hypnosis process, this mindset of accelerated learning. So to take information that we want to achieve and feed it into the mind to create changes, to create new learnings, new abilities, new strategies, and so forth. It's several years ago, and here's a client story A man is in my office, and he kind of sits up at one point before the session begins, and he goes, yeah, but you're just going to persuade me today. To which I smile, and I say, yes, sir, I'm going to persuade you to do the things that you've already told me you want to do, but you're just not yet doing. Sounds like a good use of your time and money, doesn't it? I say with a big smile. And he kind of cracks up, and he goes, oh, I like that way of thinking of it. Yeah, let's do this. Here's a recent client that I'll generalize the story that he was drinking uh, quite a bit of beer each night. Now, from his story, I love the way of phrasing this, because the quantity he was drinking, there may be some concern. Um, But when he got into the specifics, I went, yeah, come on in. As he put it, it wasn't even good beer. Um, It was the Costco brand uh, Kirkland light beer, which he goes, yeah, the fact that I'm drinking like eight or nine of those Um, You know, the low alcohol content, the low calorie content, really think I'm like I'm having three or four decent IPAs. So he was in that place where the learning was there. Uh, The knowledge was there where it wasn't a matter of strategies and behaviors. He just had to get the mind to that more suggestible state, as I would often phrase it with a client. Sometimes the hypnosis process simply becomes letting everything you already consciously know to be true once and for all sink in. So... It's where, as you're entering into a hypnosis learning environment, whether it's one-to-one private consulting, as I would do, reading a book, attending a convention, talking to other hypnotists, do whatever work you feel is necessary to let the mind be open. If you were not suggestible, you would not be able to learn. So perhaps consider if it's a relaxed state of mind, if it's a curious framework, that tends to be one of mine. Um, If it's even a place of one of my frameworks that often I bring to my own learning is I can't wait to be proven wrong. I, I, again, never, ever, ever speak in absolutes. And whenever you hear someone speak in absolutes, assume they're full of BS, Uh, which, again, both of those statements were absolutes. So it's to be aware of my own personal um, sort of baggage that I might bring into some things to go, yeah, but it works this way. Yeah, but I do it this way. I can't wait to be proven wrong. I'm so excited when there's something that I can try a different way. So it's that little bit of self-study within yourself to consider what are those things that I can do to be in a more suggestible framework. So bullet point number one, how to be a good hypnosis student, enter into your own suggestible state. And if that requires some form of self-hypnotic technique, by all means, this stuff works. Use it. Let's move on now to point number two. This is one of my favorite ones. Challenge yourself with new training. Here's one of my favorite games to play when I'm attending a hypnosis convention. And yes, there's bragging rights that uh, very often at a hypnosis convention, I'll usually uh, arrange some sort of table in the bookstore trade show area. And my table is often empty. Uh, so it's that experience that I'm there at the convention learning and thank you Scott Sandlin back in the recent session that we did where he highlighted that, um, you know, at HypnoThoughts a few years ago, I was one of the few pre and post convention speakers who had also signed up for another pre or post convention, uh, presentation, uh, this year, HypnoThoughts Live, I'm doing hypnotic products as a two day post day event and right before the convention i'm attending the fast techniques workshop with carl smith so again it's that place of challenging yourself with new training so the more successful you become seriously in my opinion the more you should be out there learning in a previous conversation on this podcast i had ron esslinger on here and he talked about uh, attending a convention to remind himself how much he does not yet know and i love that as a framework and. Thank you, Captain Esslinger for that mindset, but again, challenge yourself with new learning. So as you're looking at a convention lineup, you know, don't just sign up for the quote familiar favorites. Oh yeah, I can always count on this person or that person for a great presentation. Oh, they're my friend. I'm gonna go to that one. Oh, here's a topic on this. I love talking about that. I love doing work within this. I can nerd out like crazy on Facebook marketing. I'm doing a two two hour workshop on that at the NGH convention this year. Uh, and by the way, if you're listening to this after any of these events. Uh, Chances are it's either a product for me or you can buy the audios from these various conventions as well. So this is not just a timely presentation. Um, So it's where you can challenge yourself. So it's where I see a workshop on Facebook marketing. Yeah, let me jump in and see what someone else's opinion on that. But it's where, too, to look at it from what are categories of work that you don't typically do. And I'm respectfully someone that my passion is personal change. From point A to point B, that's what excites me. So the category, and this is not a statement of belief or disbelief, I'd even fold in the disclaimer that of the majority of people in the world who follow some form of religion, some sort of religious faith, the majority of people who have some bit of faith to them, part of their faith includes past life regression or past lives as a mechanism. And I'm not someone who makes use of a lot of past life work in my process, but Here I was at a recent convention, and it's a speaker whose name I kept hearing, and he was doing a presentation on past life regression. Well, I had never seen this speaker speak. I had really not much of an interest in that topic, but I went. And even though that specific strategy is not something that I typically make use of, there was a little nuance to the way he entered into a regression That is now wonderfully influenced and wonderfully expedited the way that I work with my clients. So again, it's that place of finding something different and going, well, let's see what happens. Let's put it into a cooking metaphor. You throw in a spice you normally don't use. I found this uh, unopened jar of uh, organic mustard ground seed. And uh, the game of I've been using that in the last couple of weeks as I cook some meals. So sometimes it's that game of what happens when I add this? Well, as you're considering your learning, especially at a convention, sign up for something that you have no idea what the hell that thing is. Watch what happens. Let's move on now to bullet point number three, kind of the opposite of challenging yourself with new training. Point number three, revisit old training. So there's a value to this. And especially not to play the game of, I already know that, I already know what that is. Oh, I've already seen him do that before. And admittedly, I can be guilty of this sometimes, but it's that place of going back to old training one of my most influential instructors, you go back, I did self-study. I read a lot of books, watched a lot of videos, attended some workshops, learned things from the uh, from the magic community in terms of what their perceptions of hypnosis were. But finally, I took the plunge and I did a full certification course with Sean Michael Andrews. And it's then years later, I went back and did some training with him again. And the real benefit of that was that there were certain things that... I thought I had learned. (laughs) There were certain things I thought I had heard him say. But then as I went back and learned it, there were some moments where respectfully, oh, wait, that's my technique. I came up with that. I thought you told me that. Uh, It's one of the fun parts when we did the master hypnotist course together. When we trained a class, it's like these moments of going, oh, you told me this. No, I didn't. Oh, well, here's an original Jason Lynette strategy. (laughs) So places where over time, it's that old telephone game. uh, But sometimes there's these moments where I'd give you an example that's going on in the current uh, certification class that I'm training. Uh, The current class that I'm doing is a weekend style course uh, for those who want sort of more of an intensive training, check out my upcoming class, WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com. That's an upcoming uh, intensive style hypnosis training and certification course. But specifically in the weekend format, here's my students, and it's the simple mechanism they're doing a Dave Elman Induction. And that critical moment of, quote, lose the numbers, the amnesia by suggestion moment. Uh, my class is not one of building a dependency upon scripts. It's all about learning the process that is inside of the hypnosis experience, and then learning how to run that process in such a way that you can customize on the fly with your client in a very professional and very effective way. So as much as it's not a, the words are magic, memorize these words, they're doing their Dave Elman induction, they're into that amnesia by suggestion moment, and they're adding a bunch of extra crap to it, to say it politely and professionally. They're adding a bunch of extra fluff to it, and it's now derailing. And it's a moment where in a recent practice session, I say to them, you know, I'm giving you more of a jazz style way of practice. Okay, do two hypnosis deepeners, uh, do this style of change, but modify it based on the intake that you did. However in this next practice session bring along your Dave Elman induction script and read the lose the numbers moment. And the reason I'm suggesting that is you're all adding a bunch of extra stuff to it which I'm telling you pulls away the effectiveness of it. Go back to just the core words. So there's moments of revisiting old training that again we can actually sand it back to the essentials. You can take the experience that someone else who has already field tested it for you and make it more effective by getting back into the core elements of what has to be there. And let's move on now to point number four, how to be a good hypnosis student. Think through your client's perspective. So there's moments where I'll I'll tell you from a personal side point, I had a history where I was interested in magic. And uh, I'd actually competed in magic competitions as a teenager. And actually, uh, I don't think I ever came in first uh but the tenants magic camp i came in fourth place and the uh what's it called pacific coast association of magicians uh i came in second place uh doing an original act with cards and coins and my only personal gripe is the kid who came in first place uh did a completely uh verbatim ripped off act of someone else yes it's published with permission to present it but my act was original damn it no, I'm not still uh, vindictive and bitter about something that happened back when I was 15 years old. So anyway, back to hypnosis. Um, think through your client's perspective. What I'm getting at here is one of the things that kind of got me out of the of the magic profession was that there was a lot of magic for magic's sake. There was a lot of, quote, magician foolers that, you know, magicians would come up with these routines that, I'm sorry, were just not interesting To the audience. And I'll give you a personal example of this you can track down. Uh, Penn and Teller have an excellent TV show called Fool Us, where magicians come on and seek to fool Penn and Teller. And they've had some phenomenal people on there. And what's really cool about the season of the show now, there's a British version and now there's a US version of it. And there's sometimes people that you normally wouldn't have heard of before, yet. To watch it, some people are going on there and they're just deciding, you know what? I'm going to be on television. I'm going to present something that I actually do for my audiences. And it's a magician who I actually got to meet and hang out with a couple of years ago, uh, Michael Kent. And he did this routine with bottles and glasses where the feedback from Penn and Teller, well, clearly we know how that works. Um, It didn't fool us. However, you did that better Than anyone we've ever seen it. And thank you for that, was the feedback that Michael Kent got. Uh, I'll track down the video. I think that actual presentation is on YouTube, and he does it so well. So, why am I sharing the story of magicians? Well, here's the magician who put together an act that was only meant to fool a magician. And the magic world may have been interested in that, but the general public, the actual audience, it wasn't entertaining. But here's the example of Michael Kent doing this routine with the bottles and the glasses, and it didn't quite fool the magician, yet it was wonderfully entertaining to all the audiences out there, and he does this thing so well. From the client perspective, let's bring it into hypnosis. What is it that they want? So yes, we can get all, let's use the category of aversion, we can get all philosophical and all wonderfully positive around the fact that oh no aversion is suggesting a negative and you don't want to do that with your client yet sometimes what does the client want here's my beer drinking dude um that he goes well you know it's not even that good and if i could really help myself realize that this beer is flavorless and um if i'm really drinking to get a buzz it's not even doing that to any degree and maybe that's part of why i'm drinking so many of it Uh, And it's where I went into a bit of hypnotic language, not quite full aversion. It's going to taste like uh, cat urine. No, Uh, enjoy your beverage as you're listening to this program. Uh, Perhaps instead, I went into the fact that, well, what is alcohol? It's something that's technically gone bad. It's been fermenting. It's technically been rotting. And as you drink it now, you begin to taste it for what it actually is. And he he lost the flavor for it. So again, think through the client's perspective. So as you're going through your educational experience, even revisiting, even attending workshops, you know, set aside everything, you know, play that hypnotic amnesia game for a moment based on your own training and put the filters of what that speaker, what that author, what that coach is sharing with you from the perspective of, well, What does this audience want? You know, it's where inside of some of the business things that I do, some things I do are so ridiculously simple. And by doing so, that's why they work. There are moments where I'll send, for example, a letter to a doctor. Hey, your patient came to me to quit smoking and I'm proud to share. Uh, It's been six months and he remains smoke-free. If you have any questions, I look forward to speaking with you soon. And the hypnotist would go, oh, I'm going to stick a bunch of brochures. I'm going to stick a bunch of business cards in that envelope. And that's a place that when I do that strategy, I don't for the simple reason of I want that letter to come across as a place as a peer, as opposed to someone trying to sell something, trying to get my stuff in your office. So by making it a non-sales item, it works as a sales item for me. So think through your client's perspective. Suggest a little bit of hypnotic amnesia based on what you think you already know in terms of your sessions, your business. That's a valuable, valuable strategy. Point number five. I think if there's a thesis uh, point of this entire program here today, it's got to be this one take ownership of your own learning. Again, rewind the story back. I'm hosting these various trainings, these various workshops. And the majority of the room is raving about how great it was. And here's this one person who is griping about it wasn't great at all. He, t- what strategies do you need to make use of on your own to be in the right mindset to learn? And I point out some of mine. And I do this, uh, I do this now to this day. When I'm attending a workshop, I sit up front because when i'm up front i am holding myself accountable for my learning if i'm in the back of the room i'm kind of stepping into that dissociative mindset and i'm someone that i've learned that i take notes best in a digital format um you know by handwriting it i don't really revisit it i in my digital applications of things Um, I love the fact that as I save something on one computer, it's everywhere and I can access it. I can cross-reference it. So that works for me. That may not work for you. And it's where a little bit of testing often comes into play. So take ownership of your own learning. So I can point to here's a moment where I had an outstanding speaker at, you know, in, in, in my actual office. And we had a good 20 people in the room And the one person who was complaining about it afterwards was the one who was playing on a cell phone throughout most of the class, um, kind of observing others. Uh, Here's a moment in a recent training that I had where, um, in a very respectful way, uh, me and a fellow student oh, I was teaching and a student in the class kind of got to a place of agreeing, you know what, we're going to refund and wish you the best. And then this person actually came back and did the class again, entirely different experience. And it's where for every practice session that we launched into, he was going, oh, I did something like this in this other style of training and really wasn't doing the practice. And it's a place where I just had to snap politely at one point and go, why are you here? And it was from that moment of calling this person out on that moment of going, you're not even practicing this. You're running everything through your own filters. What is it that you need to do to take ownership of your own learning? Otherwise, if you just signed up for the class to get another piece of paper to stick in the wall, um, based on your profession that you're inside of, you have better pieces of paper than I do. I'm being very general here for obvious reasons. So take ownership of your own learning. It's where... I am insanely early for a lot of things that I do. I'm actually recording this right now at 540 in the morning on a Saturday. Uh, So morning strategies, when the morning, when the day. So I'm going to be the one going in and sort of planting my spot before a workshop. Because I know when I'm at the front of the room, I'm a better mindset of learning. You know, what note taking strategies, what's the seat location And again, it's that place of just simply taking ownership of it. And if you find yourself tuning out, fading away, uh, I share a story. Uh, A friend of mine, I'll generalize it again for obvious purposes. He told the story of, and you've probably seen this before. Here's a person who is the go-getter. He sat next to somebody at a training that as everybody goes around and introduces themselves in the first day, as we often would do, I am so excited. This is what I'm going to do. I'm really going to put this information. I'm going to quit my job in about six months. I'm going to go full time with this. And the next day again, playing on the cell phone. Words with friends. I say that as I'm now playing with several of my audience and fellow hypnotists as well. Um, there's a time distractor. So this place of what is it you need to do to get into the right framework? Um, you know, sticking your devices on airplane mode only taking notes, actually, whatever it is. And yes, there might be a little bit of experimentation, but it's that place where you're in a workshop and yes, sometimes speakers are not good. Yes, sometimes content is just not there. Yes, sometimes people are talking in circles to hear their own voice. But take that filter back to yourself first. What is it I can do? What is it I can do? And inside of it as well, What is it perhaps I can gain from this experience? So it's where I have attended some trainings from a slightly negative yet positive perspective where I don't really have an interest in absolutely replicating what the speaker is presenting. Yet maybe there's a framework inside of it that I can pull out of it and realize this. The more you are working with clients, the more you only need one or two bits of information to start to shift things. So it's where I I see a couple of dozen clients a week. I'm still doing a bunch of training, still doing a bunch of stage hypnosis, still producing my own products. And it's where at a convention, suddenly it's just one statement. You know, It's where I give you an example, a specific one. Let's drop a name here. Let's drop a specific reference. Um, I was rather confident working with my hypnotist clients for weight loss when I attended uh, Tom Nicoli's weight loss hypnosis training. It's excellent. So I was already seeing good results. And yet here's just a few little phrases, a few little statements that he would use in his process, a way of kind of calling out a moment inside of the pre-talk that really, really helped to ramp up my success. So in all, that is an outstanding training, his depth model of uh, weight loss hypnosis. Yet to acknowledge a few points was all I needed. So it's not the, oh, no, I'm not using his system. It's not good. No, it's phenomenal. Yet folding into what I was already doing. And again, just a few bullet points, just a few nuggets of wisdom. That's where the real learning can absolutely occur speaking of which let's jump to point number six we're almost into the home stretch here point number six how to be a good hypnosis student take action upon your learning this stuff doesn't have any use unless you're putting it into use so this kind of combines back with the previous point of taking ownership be ready to test be ready to put information to use what happens if i do it this way And the only answer is, you won't know until you put it into use. So here's a private consulting student that I worked with. He wanted to enter a specific business market that after all the work that he did, after the money he invested in my time, after all the workshopping, he even, um, as I'm working with people in a private business consulting format, you know, I'm sharing the contact information for the actual outsourcers that I use. And he's using my team, and he's building marketing materials, and then he didn't send it out. Why? Because he stepped back to the old BS mindset of, that's not going to work where I live. You won't know until you test. How do you know you don't like sweet potatoes? You haven't tried them yet. Can you tell I have a four-year-old? So take action upon your learning. So it's where, as you're learning information, set that plan of course, to actually put this information into use. It's as simple as that. And perhaps as you're working with clients, you've got your go-to strategies, maybe find those appropriate places to fold in some new strategies and just simply see where it goes. And point number seven, perhaps I think one of the most important. Notice that I've said that for all of these. I think they all blend together. How to be a good hypnosis student. Point number seven, demonstrate your readiness. Demonstrate your readiness. It kind of goes into the mindset of taking ownership of your own learning. So it's where to, uh, to approach another trainer, to approach an instructor, to approach an author, to send an email to somebody. Start from the place of here's what I've already done. Here's what I've already set in place. And yes, in our modern era where information is at a fingertips reach, wonderful videos on YouTube, books can be downloaded to a Kindle and start to be read. You don't have to even wait for Prime now to deliver the book right away. I can hit a few buttons and there I am now reading this book that I want to read. Um, And yes, the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast is part of my ongoing mechanisms to be a good hypnosis student because very often... I'm reaching out to those people that I want to continue to learn from as well. So this framework of here's what I've already done. So it's where I get a message from somebody who says, uh, hey, I want to learn Facebook marketing. And I don't want to respond to that person by just saying, hey, hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. I show you step-by-step tutorials how to do it. I don't want to just respond with buy my product. There's too much of that style of thing out there. Hey, how do you do this technique? Well, buy this thing. I want to actually help the person. And I give away more free content in the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast than most people sell in this profession. But it's that place of... I had an amazing email from someone recently. He goes... I've gone to the Facebook marketing portals to learn how their systems work, and I even went through this person's uh, digital course, but I can't yet figure out how to really use this for the hypnosis profession because I want to target clients in this specific niche. What do you think I should do? And I responded to him, well, here's a video testimonial that I did with a client, and here's how I targeted that specific community you can kind of unpack the strategy by looking at the video. And here's a link Here's a screenshot of the campaign. However, it might be easier if you actually see the tutorials inside of hypnotic business systems. So it was a place where I was more ready to share with this person. I went above and beyond to give him a few screenshots of my actual campaign because he actually demonstrated that he was ready to learn the information. Here's the opposite. Um, Here's someone at a meetup group that I ran years ago, and he's saying, I tried glove anesthesia on my mom, and I pinched her and hurt her. What did I do wrong? And I go, well, it's kind of a bigger picture perspective. What else did you do in the session? "Ah, I read a couple of scripts. What did I do wrong with the glove anesthesia? It's like, well, I kind of need to know a little bit more about what you did. Uh, What kind of phenomenon did you use in the session other than that? Well, I just want to learn how to do this. And he's kind of hedging off. He's kind of ignoring all my questions. Because the bigger answer was, well, if you're following a model of hypnotic depth, you perhaps should compound through other levels, test for those levels, and then do this thing. And he just wanted the answer of, what did I do wrong? And it was a bigger answer instead of going, well, I read this book, I read this book. Um, People who have trained with me kind of learned the mechanism of, I'm going to point you back to some of the content that you've got, not from the mindset of, go away, kid, you bother me, but instead, what is it that you have already done? to find the information for yourself. So as you're reaching out to somebody to become a private consultant, to get some help, to grow your own business, to work on your own process, consider that mindset of here's that readiness. Because again, how did we begin this presentation today? When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. But again, even bringing in this filter as a hypnotic preframe to you're reading a book, you're talking to other hypnotists, you're attending conventions you know, well, I've tried using this swish pattern. And, you know, I listened to the podcast session you did with Jess Marion, I read their book, I went back to some of the things inside of these other classic NLP books. Yet, here's the issue I'm having. You're going to get a much better answer from somebody by demonstrating that readiness because one, you've established a common ground. Two, you've shown that you actually know what the hell you're talking about. And three, you're for yourself clarifying what your specific need is so by demonstrating your readiness you're going to be in the framework of mind to put together all these points so my goal with this presentation here was to really encourage you to heighten your own learning to really ramp up your own educational abilities And hopefully, if anything, uh, let's go back to point number three, revisit old training. You might be able to go back to things you've already done and pull out amazing content, amazing strategies, and start to become even more effective as a hypnotist. Jason Lynette here once again, and as always, thank you so much for interacting with this program. And to be a great hypnosis student, I'd encourage you to continue your own training. I'll give you three specific opportunities, two digital, one live. In terms of revitalizing your strategies as a hypnotist, check out hypnoticworkers.com. It's the all-access digital pass to my hypnosis training library. But what if you're already confident in your skills? but your office sounds like there's crickets there because you don't have clients. Well, for that, hypnoticbusinesssystems.com, the all access digital pass to my hypnosis business training library. It's all about tips and tricks, strategies and techniques, and even done for you marketing campaigns. And on top of that, join me live in the room. The one thing that hypnotists really need to boost their confidence is practice is that actual time to put the techniques into use. And for that, join me at worksmarthypnosislive.com. Check out that training. Learn all about that upcoming event, worksmarthypnosislive.com. And if you're attending any of these upcoming conventions, stop by, say hello. Let me know you're a listener of this program, and we'll hang out and have good times. See you soon. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast at WorksmartHypnosis.com.